Welcome to Power Your Profits podcast, your friendly guide in bringing your business revenue to the next level. Listen as host Susie Carter hears inspiring stories of success from her fellow entrepreneurs and transformational leaders. Prepare to make significant change to your strategies as they unravel the secrets of building multi-million dollar businesses and the most effective tips on finance, marketing, and sales accountability. If you want to make your first step towards explosive business growth, this is the right podcast for you. Without further ado, here is your host, Susie. Welcome to Power Your Profit Podcast. I'm your host, Susie Carter, and today's guest is Tanya Dalton. She is a best-selling author, speaker, nationally recognized productivity expert. Tanya serves as a growth strategist for female leaders. Her highly anticipated second book, On Purpose, The Busy Woman's Guide to an Extraordinary Life of Meaning and Success was released for sale October 26, 2021. Tanya is also the founder and CEO of Inkwell Press Productivity, a multi-million dollar company providing tools that work as a catalyst in helping women do less while achieving maximum success. Oh my gosh, Tanya, I'm so excited that you're here and everyone else gets to be on a fly on the wall with you and I. So congratulations. I want to give you a big round of applause for writing the second book. And I know what a love-hate that relationship is. And I just want to say girl to girl, I'm proud of you, ride or die. So tell us a little bit about this book and how it's different from the last book, right? So people get a sense of, because Tanya is a badass. I just need y'all to know that. Like one of my... (laughs) Secret weapons in my pocket. I know I say that, but I only bring my secret weapons to the podcast. So <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, adore you, Susie. So I'm thrilled for us to be chatting today. You know, my first book, The Joy of Missing Out, really was about how do you create structure? How do you create systems so that you can do the things you really want to do in the week? How do you choose what you're going to prioritize? And then I felt like on purpose, this newest book is really answering that question of, well, what is it I want to do, right? Like, what is it that's truly important to me? It's funny because when I sat down to write the second book, so the first book came out, it was named a top 10 business book of the year by Fortune magazine. So HarperCollins was like, yeah, it was amazing. Which, I mean, considering the fact that I have no formal like business, you know, I don't have an MBA. I never took a single course in college on business, which I've now told my kids like take courses on on business (laughs) without question. But to have a book like that come out and and get re- you know recognized for that was pretty amazing. So they said, we want you to write another book. W- what do you want this book to be about? So I thought, well, goal setting would be a natural progression of this. We should write a book about goals. So I sat down January of 2020, wrote this whole outline of what we we're going to talk about with goals. And then March of 2020 happened with the pandemic. And all of a sudden, I'm homeschooling kids. (laughs) Didn't anticipate that. I'm filling out PPP paperwork. I'm worrying about my team, trying to figure out how to keep the business afloat and all those other things. And the book, of course, went on the back burner. It was like all hands on deck with what we're going to do with the business. So that outline, that beautiful plan that I created, sat there and sat there and sat there because I couldn't work on it. And what was nice, though, was during this pause... I really started to pay attention to what other people were experiencing. Like, why am I doing the things I'm doing? Am I really happy with the things I'm doing in my day? What am I here for? That was what a lot of people started asking in the pandemic. And I thought, you know what? Goals are not the goal. Goals are the vehicle to get you to the life you want. 
It's really about living a life on purpose with a big, bright, beautiful future that you dream of. For your business, it's the vision that you have, stepping into that visionary role, right? right? And then you decide what the goals are based off that vision, working backwards to really decide, these are the things I want to do. That's how we find more meaning in our daily lives, not just by setting arbitrary goals, achieving them, getting that like momentary rush of excitement, and then now what kind of feeling? Oh my God, I love that. Because you know I'm in the same place of going, do I love this? Do I not? Do I like I'm not having had the luxury because we're always in the drive to go, is this yes? Right. And I think as we get seasoned as entrepreneurs, everything shifts. Like, what's my new season? What's my new season? What's my mm-hmm. new season? And is this my purpose now? Is this my purpose now? So I think that's huge just in looking at how do we live an extraordinary life and what and what is the meaning of success? I don't think we stop as entrepreneurs enough to really ask that. We just get in the dig in the grind. Yeah. And I got to get on the next call with the next client, or I got to, you know, handle this team member, and then I got to go home and handle my kids, and then I got to go home and handle my. <laughs> and let right, me I mean, all of that, right, somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the thing is we're wearing the CEO of the office hat, and then we rush home, we put the CEO of the home hat on, and we're so busy rushing, we're not really thinking about what is it I want, why do I want it, is this what I want, and. Really, our measuring stick for success is how everybody else is doing. How do I look compared to this person? Or what is this person over here doing? And that's why we end up setting the wrong goals. We start chasing the shiny objects because we're not setting the right goals for us, for what we really want. And that comes down to redefining success for ourselves, which is definitely something that we we dive into in the book. Because if we don't know what success looks like, if we haven't taken the time to define it, how do we ever know when we've achieved it? Which means we can't stop and celebrate it because we're so busy going to the next thing. We don't even know we've achieved some success, right? Constantly being in that dig, right? I'm in the dig. You're constantly in it, which is why we're exhausted. Right. It's no surprise because we're just going after one thing after the next. And then we wonder, wait, how how did I get here? Where am I? How am I so far off track of where I thought I wanted to be or where I quote unquote should be, Right. So it really is about that intentionality with your personal life and with your business as well, really creating that line of here I am today, here's where I want to go, and this is what I want to do to get there. So let's talk about, because we all shifted with this thing called the pandemic and whether, and there's always a pandemic, right? In 2007, it was the market crash, right? Right. Or that was whatever pandemic it was, there's going to be a recession, Mm -hmm. there's going to be a depression, there's going to be, so it doesn't matter what's happening. But if I look at what did you see shift for your own business uh, during this time? And what is what's been the biggest lesson that you've learned in this time? Yeah, I love that question. And it's funny, because you're right, there's always a pandemic of some sorts. This is my second one to live through because I started my first business during the Great Recession when everybody's getting laid off their jobs and there was no money to be had. So there's always going to be these obstacles that crop up for us. And I think that's why it's so important to understand what it is you want, right? Instead of looking around at what everybody else is doing, spinning in circles, saying, this is what I know I want. This is what I desire. The path to get there may shift and change because we have things that crop up in our lives. But every time we get to an obstacle, we have a choice. We can either see that obstacle and say, well, that's a no, right? I guess I can't go on this path. Or in my mind's eye, when I picture an obstacle, I picture it like a wall, right? We have a choice. We can climb over the wall 
we can dig underneath the wall, we can go right, we can go left, or we can burn that wall to the ground. And I think this is the thing is it's in these moments of difficulty that we experience what resilience looks like. We think the opposite of success is failure. It's really about building this resilience up, this understanding and this belief in ourselves that when things are easy, it's really easy to have confidence because it's like, oh, we're all fat and happy. Things are great, right? (laughs) Things are amazing. And then when things get hard, that's when you got to dig in. Uh, This is true in all aspects of our lives, but especially with our business, that's when you start to really start peeling back the layers of the onion. And you start looking at some of the things that you've been spending your time on and spending your money on. And suddenly you realize, wait, what's our monthly overhead? (laughs) Whoa. You know, that was one of the things that we definitely did during the pandemic is we stopped and really took a hard look at the P&Ls and took a good look at what are our monthly recurring revenues? What are our monthly recurring expenses? Where do we, whoa, how did it get this high? Because when things are going easy, it's easy to tack on extra things. It's easy to do extras and then you're diluting everything. Right. So it really is choosing to zero in on what you want to do. I think that's the biggest thing. And, you know, there's a line in The Joy of Missing Out where I talk about we often don't know what's important until our ship is sinking. And suddenly we can start throwing things overboard like, oh, don't need this, don't need that. Well, with the pandemic, our ships were all sinking. Everybody's ship was sinking. And suddenly you were like, I don't need to do these things. Don't need to do this project. Don't need to do those things. And I want us to go back to that idea. Remember when you threw all those things out of your boat? Why did you put them back in? Why did you decide to put them back in? You're just weighing your boat down. Let's choose to throw those other things overboard and do what matters most. Well, what I love is, you know, we got rid of the fat, right? And I'm like, Mm -hmm. I've had a lot of fat. (laughs) <laughs> oh my gosh, we had so much, so much yes. fat. And then you go, what's my priority? What's my priority? What's my priority? And going, mm-hmm. ah, so what, if you could do it over again, like, what would you, you know, it's like when we were kids and your mom would say, if I knew then what I knew now, right? What would you say in your whole business career, not just the pandemic, right? Just looking back and going, holy crap. If I knew then the younger Tanya, what mm-hmm. would you do differently than a seasoned Tanya's would do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like you. You didn't say older. You said seasoned. No. So I would... <laughs> well, I would say I wouldn't use the excuse that I don't know. Because what I found that I did in my past was, especially when it came to metrics and deciding like, okay, here comes a launch. How many people do we want to get in the webinar? Or how many, how many seats do we want to sell? I would very easily fall back into, well, I have no idea. I don't know. So we would set these super loose metrics. And then that allows you to get super loose on everything else, right? I would be much more laser focused with my goal setting. And I would do one of the things I talk about and on purpose is how you set goals so that it does have that flexibility. One of the things that I think is really great with goal setting is setting MTO goals, minimum, target, and outrageous. So minimum is if we reach this level, hey, this is a win. This is not what we're targeting, but this is still a win, right? A target is this is really what we want to shoot for. Like, let's say that we're opening up a program and we want to get 100 people in. 100 would be our target. Maybe 80 would be our minimum goal. The 80 is still amazing. That's still really good. And then an O, an outrageous. So what if we get 175 in? 
Right. That's when we're really going to celebrate. That's when we're taking the whole team on vacation or something, right? Doing something amazing right. in a retreat. So if I had realized then that setting these loose metrics and not really giving myself solid targets to shoot for was actually working against me. And again, that goes back to that idea of having the vision of where you want to go and backing it up to set your goals. I love that. We do must and then we do goal, right? But I love the Mm -hmm. minimal target outrageous, like three to go, oh, I love the outrageous. And so it just has to look at it differently because you're constantly tweaking, right? It's like the combination. Constantly. Right. It's like, what's the combo? What's the combo? What's the combo? And I'm noticing the combo last year isn't working the combo this year. It's a different combination now. I'm like, God dang it. I just figured out the combination. (laughs) If you know what it is, running a business is like being a parent. Like anytime as a parent, when you're like, things are going well, like the kids get to a new stage, right? And all of a sudden you're like, oh man, I don't know what I'm doing anymore. That's what a business is. Your business is your your other child is essentially right. what it is. And you, you get to a level of comfort and you, you could potentially stay there or kind of go down, or you can keep pushing yourself to step out of your comfort zone, to grow and evolve, to stay relevant and really help your customers best way you can. And that happens when we step out of comfort, when we go, okay, I don't know what I'm doing, but that's okay. You know right. why? Because I can look backwards and see all that resilience I've built up. I'm using that right now and I'm drawing on that in these moments where I don't know what I'm doing. It's okay not to know what you're doing. Everybody is fumbling and bumbling their way through life. Even those people you look at who you're like, oh my God, they have it all together. They have moments of panic. They have moments crying in their closet. They have what we all do, right. all of us, right? Yeah. But I think we don't talk about it, right? And especially our culture, meaning women, right? Because it was a sign of weakness. I mean, if you you have your ride or die girlfriends that you can talk about it, but business wise, you know, you get suited and booted and this is my business face and uh, here's what I'm going to talk about and here's what I'm going to do. And they go, where's that safe place where we can take off our super shiro case, right? There's even groups that I'm in, but they're still heavily dominated with men and then women who are acting like men. So it's like, right. I want to talk about this, but I also, if there's no safety to talk about it. So I think finding those right mentors, coaches, communities that I need to share this. And it doesn't mean it's that forever. It's just this season. Here's this season I'm in called, I hate my business. I want to burn it up. I want to light a match. I want to (laughs) fire everybody. (laughs) We all have those seasons. This is the truth is we all have those seasons. I think so many women entrepreneurs spend too much time and myself included feeling like we're on our own little private island. And not the fruity cocktail kind of private <laughs> island, like the castaway private island like Tom Hanks, right? Where you're just like going crazy, doing things on your own. We need to have other women around us. When we get together with other people who have mindsets that push us, that encourage us, that allow us that safe space to be able to talk about, gosh, this was hard. This was difficult. Or this didn't work at all. This was a complete failure. There's so much empowerment in that. It makes our stories more real and encourages other people. I think when we drop the facades of perfectionism, we allow people in for real. And I think that's a really powerful thing. Right. But sometimes it takes the universe smacking you in the face, right? You just be oh, yeah. punch. <laughs> and then you're finally stripped of the perfectionism to go, I need help. Like you're in the life raft going, I am drowning and I need something yeah. to send me something else besides, you know, this little life vest. <laughs> This is the thing is we get comfortable with our own discomfort is what happens is we have this, you know, amount of discomfort and we're like, well, this is just normal. This is just how life is or all entrepreneurs work 80 to 100 hours a week. This is just normal. This is okay. 
And it's not until we get more uncomfortable with our discomfort that we decide to change. It's no different than, you know, anything else in our life. We don't decide to change until it becomes so uncomfortable. And sometimes it takes the universe sucker punching you to be able to make that happen. <laughs> right. So let's talk about limiting beliefs because that definitely mm-hmm. goes into play to success and success on your own terms yeah. where you speak about it. So let's talk about it. And from a, a place of we all know we have them. What do we do with them? Right. Because they're we compartmentalize mm-hmm. them. We put them in the basement, but that's not necessarily dealing with it. Right. So let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I think it's so important to understand your limiting beliefs, because truly, I think success in all areas of our life, not just in our business, is 99% mindset. It's really how you are choosing to think. And if your mindset is working against you because you have these limiting beliefs that you've not acknowledged, you're self-sabotaging. And this is the thing is you're self-sabotaging and you're not sure why you're not achieving success but it's your own things that are that are pulling you down, right? So I like to tell people, the first thing you need to do is, is acknowledge that they are there to really understand that you have these limiting beliefs. And a lot of times they'll manifest in your body. And that's the first way you recognize them. So an example for me was uh, whenever I'd have launches, I would get these tension headaches and I'd get these stomach aches and I could write it off as, well, I'm not eating well or all these other things. But when I stopped and started asking myself, what are the questions? What are the thoughts? What are the words that are going through my head I began to realize I felt like I had to do all my launches on my own. And I felt that way because there was a story. So I started diving in. Well, why do I feel this way? So that's one of the things you can do is what I call the fifth why exercise. Ask yourself why five times. So the first why would be, why do I feel like I have to do this on my own? Well, I had a really bad experience with someone when I reached out to help someone who I thought was on my team and they totally turned their back on me. Well, okay, let me ask why again. Why did they turn their back on me? Well, when I think about it, they weren't really on my team and the things that they're doing aren't really aligned with the way that I want to run my business. Well, why do I want to run my, run my business this way? And then you just keep asking why to get those layers of the onion peeled back, right? Mm-hmm. And then you get to the root of the problem. And that's, that's what's great is when you get to that root, which happens after about five of these whys, asking okay. yourself why, 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 why. You start to understand what that root is and then you can pull it up and you can start to realize, okay. And it's not just as simple as saying, well, now I just need to do the opposite. It's I need to do the opposite with an action. So for me, with doing the launches, I realized people will show up for me if I ask the right people and the timing is right. But I have to clearly ask for what I want. And that was part of the problem. I wasn't really clearly asking for what I want. I need help. Can you support me? Do you mind sending out an email? Could you do these things? I was just like, well, I feel like they should just show up for me, right? Right. So when I began to get to that limiting belief and I pulled it up, I've shifted that totally on its head. And now I know that I have that limiting belief in my past. So when it's time for a launch or something else, I know I put that front and center. You got to ask for help. And I need to clearly ask people who are in my corner to support me. Oh, my God. I can just feel the tension in my body coming up. <laughs> just <laughs> ask for help. And I ask for help, but I'm, I'm not. I'm very. I'm just hearing myself in your story. Right. To go. Yeah. Huh, huh, which is juicy to go. Oh, yeah. I love the five whys. The five whys is powerful just to keep digging. Right? Oh my gosh. The five whys works for every situation. I've used it with team members when we're getting to the root of why they're doing certain things in their jobs. I've used it with my kids right. to get to the root of their actions. 
I've even used it for gratitude to get to the heart of what I'm truly grateful for instead of going surface level. Right. Five whys. And it's so easy. You can do it while you're driving your car, while you're taking a shower. You don't even have to write it out. Just right. ask yourself why five times. And here's the trick. Be honest. Right. Be honest with yourself because we're not going to pull get to that root if we're just kind of giving ourselves a little bit of fluff. That's the hard part. So let's talk about, I know I do this and so many other people do, right? When we, the minute we get off track, right? I was trying to find my stick, right? The stick, we start (laughs) beating ourselves up because I'm not on track Mm -hmm. with my goal. I'm not where I want to be. It's not happening the way I want it to happen. And part of limiting belief is what you think about. You talk about what you talk about, you bring about, right? And so instead of, because I think it's a bad thing, right? I just go, oh, I suck. Oh, we're not doing it. Oh, I'm like, a failure. Oh, was mm-hmm. me. Woes Never me. works out for me. <laughs> or it does. And then when something smacks you hard, you're like, oh my God. Right. Especially when you're high achieving, you're used to things mm-hmm. going your way. I know I don't like things not going my way. I'm like, what? Why is this not no going my way? <laughs> no one does. How is I it want not everything going to go my way? <laughs> I want all green lights the whole way. Why is right. it so difficult? Yeah. And I don't yeah. like talking about it when I'm in it. I can talk about when I'm out of it, but the power is talking about when you're in it. Like you go, oh my God, Tony, please help me right now. Right. <laughs> so let's it's talk so about true. why it's not a bad thing. Cause, and what we do when we get off track to get us back on track. Part of it's the why, 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 I love that. Mm -hmm. And what else? Well, the thing is, is you're going to get off track. That's just human nature. Things happen in your life. So we need to have that flexibility built in and we need to be okay with it. The truth is it's often the detours of life that get us to the life we want. We think we know the route A to Z and it's going to look exactly like this. But a lot of times you get on this detour and you're like, wait a minute, I didn't even know this was a possibility. We're on the highway going 100 miles an hour. That's how I drive at least, right? We're driving (laughs) fast down the highway, (laughs) 90. But we're going really fast, doing the things we think we're supposed to be doing, checking off all the things. And then all of a sudden we look down and we're like, wait a minute, I'm not on the highway. What just happened? I got off track. But when you get off track, you're like, wait a minute, this is a scenic view. I, I kind of like this. I didn't even know this was a possibility. So I think the first thing is, And I call this the three A's. The first one is to acknowledge. Acknowledge you're off track. Nope, beat yourself up. Don't start, you know, uh, getting into the whole limiting beliefs of I'm a failure. Nothing ever works out for me. The universe hates me. Just acknowledge. Okay, I'm I'm not quite where I want to be. Take a deep breath and just acknowledge that. And then we want to do the second A, which is assess. Okay, I'm off track. Do I want to go back on that highway? Do I like that highway? Or wait a minute, do I like where I am now? Suddenly, there's this whole other opportunity ahead of me that might be even better. I'll be honest with you, where I am today is very different than where I anticipated I would be years and years ago. And I'm so happy this happened to me, but it was a detour, right? Getting to where I am. So do I want to get back? If I do, what do I need to adjust? What do I need to, which is our third day, what do I need to change and shift? What habits do I need to build in to be able to get back to that road? Or Do I need to take that goal and just burn it to the ground that I had before? Because I like where I am and I'm going to adjust what my goals are in moving forward. So acknowledge, adjust, acknowledge, assess, and adjust are the three A's. But you'll notice none of them are beat yourself up. None of them are tell yourself you're a failure. Because honestly, it's when we get off track, that we begin to see, I mean, writing the book was a perfect example of that. I had that whole perfect outline, right? That I wrote in January. And it was great. 
But then I had to burn it to the ground because it no longer really applied when I started writing the book months later after all those other things had happened. Right. And that was okay. And the book that I came out with is even better. Yeah. Right. And so that's a big like adjust, right? To go. Oh, it was a I mean, huge adjust. We would just push. Like, I already did this outline. I already did this thing. I don't know how your editors let you not write the book in that year. <laughs> 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 Look, that's a powerful woman. Go, I'm sorry. I've got homeschooling kids and no. <laughs> that's basically what I said to them. I was like, this is no longer going to work. Let me tell you why. But this is where this train is going. Right. And it was like, if you want me to write the book, then this is the book I'm writing. And this is the thing is there are times in your life where you have to draw that line. This is important to me. This is something that I am willing to really stand for. There are other things in your life where it's like, well, I could take it or leave it, or this isn't okay. Know what's most important to you. What's most important to me is if I'm writing a book, you have to love that book. That book is like, right? I mean, you talk about that book for years, working on that book for years. It's a lot. So I wasn't willing to compromise on that. And I knew that the book needed to shift, that goals were not the goal. And how do I write a book where we talk about goal setting, but it's the vehicle? How do we help people understand what their purpose is and how to decide their own goals? How do we do that? And that's really the book I ended up writing, which to me is a much better book. Right. It's so much happier with it. Always in the end. Oh, yeah. Right. And I feel like, you know, God sent you my little angel, Tanya, to me today. Like, it's so great because we're in this whole shift. You know, we, we adjusted really quickly in the pandemic, right? Mm-hmm. We went from offline to online. And then now there's this whole other. Right. Something that's happening in the marketplace that's having me stop, assess and go. I love it. Acknowledge, assess, adjust. Right. And I'm adjusting mm-hmm. and pushing and pushing yeah. is not working. It's just making me frustrated. And I'm you know, beating myself. This is a stick, right? I'm beating myself yeah. up and going, this is not fun. Wait, wait. I like when it's fun because then it's easy. Yes. Right? So there's an adjustment that needs to happen to bring back the fun, right? Because I think we get really caught up in, this is what I thought it was going to look like. So it ha- we have to make this work and we change and we shift and we try to do everything we can to make that work. Even if it's not bringing us joy, even if it's not bringing us pleasure, even if it's not really tied to how we define success which I know for us, you and me both, a lot of that is how we spend our time off of work, right? How we spend time with our family, what we do with our wealth, how we spend that, right? All of those things are a part of it. So really taking the time to acknowledge, assess and adjust is powerful. Am I happy with where I am? How do I feel? I think as businesswomen, especially, we do, we tend to over-masculinize ourselves, if that's even a word, but yes. we, we feel like we have that to do things in a certain way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we're doing things, we're playing by old rules that were set hundreds of years ago by a bunch of men, right? And so tap into your intuition. This is one of our greatest gifts as women. And one of the gifts we need to recognize as women leaders, how do I feel in this moment? Do I like what I'm doing? Is it bringing me joy? And if it's not... Switch it, change it, adjust it. This is the beauty of doing what we do is we can make that happen. Well, and then we come into, and I'm just speaking for myself because I think people can relate when you just share. Because like I have my own little coaching call with Tanya, right? Is then (laughs) I have this perfect plan. Right. And so my perfect plan and my perfect my perfectionism of my perfect plan is not working. And so then I start 
really looking at, well, what is it, right? So then you want to start procrastinating and mm-hmm. or you're just pushing or I'm not creative because I'm just trying to have right. this perfect perfectionism, which is a delusion. It's not even an illusion. It's a delusion. So yes. let's talk about that perfectionism, procrastination. Like mm-hmm. I know we talk about it in the book, but let's talk about it here so people can, because I think we all identify. Oh, I'm a recovering perfectionist is how I like to describe <laughs> myself. Like when I'm slipping into my perfectionism tendencies, I have to say like, stop. And this is not working, right? Because perfectionism isn't going to work for any of us. Perfectionism leads to procrastination, which leads to paralysis. And that's really when we feel stuck. In the book, I talk about the fact that there are two types of perfectionists. We have our strivers and we have our idealists. And idealists are really common in that they have this whole over-romanticized idea of what it's going to look like. And as soon as we stray off the path, we're like, well, that's it. I'm a failure. This always happens. I'm never able to do these things, right? We start piling on these limiting beliefs when perfectionism really doesn't exist. And as we talked about earlier, when we drop these facades of perfectionism, not only does that allow other women business owners in, it allows your clients and your customers, your soulmate clients, especially, that's what I call your ideal avatar. Your soulmate clients are able to see you, the real you, the authentic you, and that's what's going to connect them to you. So I think that's what I loved about the time period we had with the pandemic is we were able to aggressively embrace imperfection because we were all just flying by the seat of our pants. And what if we just started embracing that full time? This love of imperfection of, you know, building the plane as we're flying the plane sometimes. It's okay not to have it all mapped out. I'm a productivity expert here telling you today, you don't have to have it all mapped out. We want to know the start point where you are right now. We want to know the end point And let's create some little landmarks to get you there. Those are going to shift as we get off track, as we grow, as things happen, as shifts happen in our world, even with our families. So allowing yourself that grace to be human, I think is really important. When we tie ourselves to perfectionism, we're not allowing ourselves to be humans. And being imperfect is one of the most beautiful things about you. It's the kind of like the little quirks and the things that make you different. That's what allows you to stand out in your industry. That's what allows you to be the bright light in a crowded marketplace. So double down on those things that make you different. Because if you're trying to be like everybody else, you're never going to stand out. Right. Well, I think this is such a perfect conversation right now, right? In where we are in the world, what's happening for us right now, what's happening for us Mm -hmm. as a generation, as women business owners, of leaving the the past behind and going to the future. How do we get a play with you, Tanya? How do we get your book? I know like it's it's such a delicious conversation and you need tribe and community, right? Like joining oh, yes. a Facebook group, join you gotta have people who understand it and aren't gonna I'm in this one women's networking group and I feel like it's the mean girl club. Right. It's like uh, Yeah. I don't like, have time for that. Do you? No. I had to like let it go to go wait why, why am I pretending to be this way? Like, I didn't feel like I could be me. I'm like, these aren't my people. I don't want to have to, I'll share my greatness, but I got to be able to share that, that smallness that happens as well. So yes. how do people play with you? How do we get your book? Let's talk about that. Yeah. So the best place to connect with me is tanyadalton.com. You can find links to my podcast there. You could also hit pause on this podcast and do a quick search because 
Intentional Advantage is the name of my podcast and give it a quick follow. I'm on every platform, literally. We're on episode 263, I think, right now as we record this. So it's that's really one of the best places to get to know me and to connect. I hold uh, events that are free events just as a way for us to get together and build community. So tanyadalton.com is the best place. One of the most interesting things, Susie, that people have said about, about me lately is that I have made the conscious decision to leave social media. I am no longer on Facebook. I am no longer on Instagram. I'm no longer on Twitter because it does not align with my definition of success. Mm -hmm. It doesn't align with my vision of where I want my business to go. And here's the most interesting thing though. Since I made that decision, I made that decision and I left social media January 1st, 2022. Since then, my email open rate has gone to 45%. My podcast downloads have doubled. Uh, And people feel more connected to me than ever before because I have chosen to show up in fewer places, but more authentically, more imperfectly, more genuinely myself. So yes, so TanyaDalton.com, it will be where you find me because I am no longer on social media. I love it. Love it, love it, love it. There's so many people going, yeah, me too, right? (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you for being here again, TanyaDalton.com, T-A-N-Y-A-D-A-L-T-O-N. It'll be in the show notes, but I just want you to say thank you for being my sister in this journey. Thank you for your authenticity and transparency. I appreciate you. And if you love, love, love this episode, which I've loved it, make sure you share it with your tribe and your community because we all need to hear the message right? We all need to know how do I live an extraordinary life? And the book is on purpose, The Busy Woman's Guide to an Extraordinary Life of Meaning and Success. And I love it. We define it on our own terms. So thank you, Tanya. I appreciate you and have a blessed day. Thank you, Susie. So grateful for you. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Power Your Profits podcast. Let these building blocks from today's most successful industry leaders equip you with the necessary resources and tools to finally establish the highly profitable business of your dreams. Want to hear more? Listen to more episodes at https colon double slash poweryourprofitspodcast.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the show. Now is your time to rise to the top of your game. So be sure to catch our next episode. Until next time.